Episode 342, After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Coming up, a fantastic conversation with Jeremy Roenick. And I know that because we just had it, and now we're recording this part of this pod. So some of you know how, that's how it works. But it was an awesome discussion. It was awesome. Wasn't just cookie cutter, generic. What do you think of this game? What do you think of that guy? I thought the conversation we had, and just I, I think the evolution of the conversation that we had was was awesome. To be honest, I and to tell you something else, I don't even really know if I remember what it was, but I just remember thinking this is awesome. And he wanted to talk some sabers, obviously because they were on ESPN last night, so everybody watched it. But he wanted to talk a little bit of sabers. Good morning. Good morning. He was on fire. He's he. Uh, you know what? We we get him sitting in uh, where is he? San Diego. He wakes Saint, up at five thirty. Saint Diego. Yeah he he wakes up at five thirty every morning. So when once he gets to us and he's on there, he still looks like he's asleep. But he is, uh, man. He flips the switch and he's got some great takes. So. Um, and strong opinion, really good which, conversation. Which but I, I, like I love how he brought up uh, brought up the Sabers. I love how he brought up the Sabers. And uh, what a I was oh man when they scored that goal with seven seconds left, I was thinking to myself, oh man, don't do it to these guys. This is the game right here that they need to get that that pressure. Well, I'm glad they I'm glad they won because had they lost, you would have been extremely irritated with me today. And I think a lot of our listeners might have been extremely irritated with me too had I had they lost that game after giving up the goal with 6 seconds left. That's where you say, you know, when the conversation is you say why I'm waiting for it. I know you're I'm, waiting. I'm like everyone just, else. Just kind of, I can't wait to see what's going to come Just fill the void out. anyway. Fill the void with okay. why. Sorry, sorry. Um, why? Oh, uh, you want to know why? I was coming at, when I'm watching that game last night, I was very happy with the way this team played. Not that, not that they need my approval, okay? But I've watched enough games of shit over the years that I've, you know, very rarely can I come on after a, a game like that if they lose or end up giving that game away to a declining Tampa Bay team, by the way. At least that's what everybody says. Are they really declining? I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to go there yet. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know declining. that I can. I don't know why, how people are saying they're declining. But let's They're just, missing the best goaltender in the world who they pay $9.5 million to. They're missing their captain, Steve yeah. Stamkos. That's, that's, like, not, that's like us taking out, uh, you know, Alex Tuck or Skinner or, or Thompson. Like, I mean, he's that good. So, yes, I was coming on here with the moral victories speech if they had lost that game in overtime so thankfully they won and i'll say this i was so happy for zemgus guy gets no credit none none has had no credit and i have always been a zemgus supporter to see him zip in like that and snap that shot top corner i mean that was a beautiful shot left hand shot shooting it far top corner from that angle scud missile 
Yeah, it was. I was actually a little surprised. Um, I mean, he he. uh, I didn't know who it was. Ripped that in stride. I had no idea who it was. uh, It was it was pretty impressive. So kids, take notes. That's called a quick release. Yeah, that is that is a textbook, and and people like to toss. I thought that line played really well too. That was an elite, elite, quick release by a you know quote unquote fourth line player, first round pick. That they did play well. I thought the whole team played well. I thought Benson looked awesome, and I think we need to make note of that because we've been critical about him making the team. I thought he played great last night. It's it's his bloody hockey IQ. Knowing when to go, when to forecheck, where his stick is when he's on the forecheck, attacking players. He seems like he breaks up plays. He's very smart with the puck. Um, I watched him defensively, and that's the that's. Listen, I mean, when you get ninety eight points as a seventeen year old player in junior hockey, okay, in the Western Hockey League, you're a very, very, very talented offensive hockey player. Yeah, in order to play in the, the play, NHL, when you, but when you're playing with, we have that kind of skill, and you're playing in the NHL with good players, you're still you're going to get your chances as well. Absolutely, but me watching him. I love watching him when he does not have the puck because let's get something straight. If you, if you look at the amount of time he was on the ice last night, which I don't know what it was, I would probably think it was around 14 minutes. Um, something that maybe you can look up for me. Um, I can't, I don't know how to find it on this shitty NHL app. I, I legitimately, I can't find it. I don't know how to navigate around this thing. It absolutely sucks. So maybe I should just go just to the Sabres page. I, I don't know how to. Anyway, I love it. Um, in in the defensive zone, watching him, how he, the puck goes to his point man and watching how he, he goes out. He's in the shooting lane. He's making himself big. He's always in the right spot. These are these are um, these are important things for a very very young player. That the pace of play and the players that he's playing against are far far better than what he's ever played against before. And he does not look out of place. We're talking about an eighteen year old. We're talking about a super young young kid who hasn't developed fully, mentally or physically, and he's still competing. You know, on the ice, like, and I found uh, it. I fucking found it, Riv. I know how to get there now. I I, I may not great. be able just to tell find me how, how many minutes you played. I, I would probably say around 13, 14. Are you guessing or did you find it? You're just, I, trying, I think sometimes guessing. you pretend guessing. to be like Rain Man, but you really go and do all your research. Yeah, good one. Hold on a sec here. Who are we looking at, Benson? Well, how much? Give me an exact number. Well, now I feel very confident with my number. I'm going to say uh, 1324. Oh, my God. If you were playing prices right, you would have lost because you were over. But my God, if Bob Barker didn't didn't give you the fucking prize because of how close you are. The reality is a forward of his stature is going to play 15 to 17 minutes maximum, right? Like max, 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 maximum. He played 1319. No way. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's play this game. How long, how much ice time did 
I don't want to do this. Just one more guy. Let's try one more. How much ice time did Tate Thompson get? Oh, wait. No, no, no. Who'd you say we're talking Zach Benson? 13-19 of even strength. He played 15 minutes total. Okay. That's sorry. That's sorry. They did total first. I thought total was at the end. I said in between 13-14 minutes, but that's... uh... 15 minutes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Now I got it. And that's a pretty good chunk for uh for a young for a young kid, but they they obviously really like him. They obviously obviously they see much more than what we get to all see. Okay. Is he maybe just your next best option skill-wise? Well, is it just about skill? Cuz Yari Coolidge played in the minors last year at age 18 and had a very, very good year. He went and played pro hockey against men. Zach Benson was in the WHL playing against kids that are his age at 17 and 18 and 16. And now all of a sudden Zach Benson makes the team where Yari Kulich is now in the minors who's a year older than Zach Benson. So I just, it, it's not just about offensive flair. It's about understanding the game. It's, I, I think it's more on the side of understanding how to play both ends of the rink. And that's why Zach Benson's here. Not only does he have an offensive flair to his game, he's very skilled. His hockey IQ is obviously very high. When I say hockey IQ, hockey IQ is just not getting the puck and making plays. Hockey IQ is understanding where to be on the ice when you do not have the puck. Understanding what you need to do in your own zone. All these types of things, reading plays. That's hockey IQ. Zach Benson, obviously, they are very impressed with. And that's why he's here. Okay. All over right, over over all he of looked, the other players. Like I he looked you know, much more Rose comfortable Rose against Anne the and, Islanders. He looked sorry to cut you off. He looked much more comfortable against the Islanders than he did against uh in the home opener against the Rangers. He looked much more comfortable last night than he did even against the Islanders. Take away the fact he had two assists. I understand that. Okay. He basically they capitalized on a couple chances offensively it's the rest of the game that that you really need to watch to make sure you understand if this kid can sustain his time here and he looked much better last night again on national television by the way like not on espn that's in that entire broadcast by the way it's absolutely terrible leave it at that yeah um but that's beside the point. So a good game. So I was really happy for Zemgus. Something I mentioned when we talked with Jeremy about the Sabres, and I'll, I'll bring it up again here because I think it does deserve early note. It's, I don't think when, when Johnson, Eric Johnson came here, people really knew or knew what to expect. You know, people talked about his age, you know, all of yep. that. He's here to be a veteran presence. All that. Not going to play a ton of games. Maybe not log a ton of minutes. Who knows what what his role is? He was awesome last night. Yes. Yes, he was. It's a physical body. He threw some body checks last night. He's got a lot of length 
to how he plays. And what I mean by that is, you know, he's a six foot five defenseman, 230 plus pounds and his length when he reaches out with his stick to deflect pucks or make forwards feel uncomfortable is extremely, extremely long. I thought he battled very well. I thought he defended really well. Um, He did a really nice job uh, on the penalty kills. So real nice addition, real, real solid game by him. And that's what they're going to need. That's they, they need, it's really unfortunate that Tampa Bay ended up scoring with seven seconds left because I thought that they did a real nice job um, limiting, you know, grade A scoring chances. And the ones that they did, Devin Levi made some big saves. He was great. And that's also. what you need. Yeah. He's, he's someone else that we, we also talked about with uh, JR, but. I would say it. I said it on, on with him. I said it yesterday. I was nervous for him going into last night. I really was not just in his ability or his, his ability to, to control a game or, or win a game, but just, you know, what if, like, what if the team doesn't play well in front of them and they leave them, they hang them out to dry and against Tampa Bay, anything's possible. Right. So, that's that was it. I thought he was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. I wish there was I wish there were more people there to see it. I was disappointed in the crowd. S- seems like they like fans still aren't convinced yet. Well, they were on game number 1. Yeah. And a lot of people there. That was a packed building. And when you go to when you go, you know, 0 and 2 in your first two games, Unfortunately, the fan base right now is just very uneasy. They're looking and wanting this team to have success, but they also have felt very upset, angry with what's happened in the last, you know, decade plus. But I'll tell you this, this, this team, um, this team's got a nice makeup. This team's got a nice makeup. Um, you know, Tage Thompson has still yet to get on the board after three games. Um, but not worried about it. I mean, oh, I my, think Tage they had their is, chances. I mean, you see them come down, they snap shots, they might miss one wide. Those are gonna hit, they're gonna go in. You know, he had the one timer that uh Johansson saved. He had a breakaway. Yeah, he had the breakaway. I yeah, think that was set up uh I think that was a pass by Jeff Skinner. Man, is he a sneaky passer. Like everybody thinks that Jeff Skinner, because he scored so many goals in this league, that you know, you think of him as a goal scorer. But man, as he last year, last year, I was extremely impressed with how he moves the puck. He is a very, very, very talented passer. Well, uh, so back to Benson. I mean you 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 don't just quickly move on quickly just, i thought he had that nice chance coming down the wing might have been second period eventually those are going to start going in for him right but all the other areas of the game i thought the kid looked i thought the kid looked great any other notes Matias samuelson left the game hurt yes that 
is not good. Do you any I thought yeah, that, of what that might be? I I don't know. I don't know, but I uh that's concerning. You know, he was he was away for a number of games last year. And when he was out of the lineup, there was a significant difference in the success of the team when yeah. he's when he's playing. Well, he got hurt in that game last year early against Vancouver, and I think they were off to a good start to the season. They lost eight games in a row after that. It's not because Samuelson got hurt, but he was a he was a key loss. And then he got hurt, I think, later in the year again. And they lost a couple games in that stretch as well. Am I wrong with that? He missed a good stretch of the season last year. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. They struggled when he was out of the lineup. He is a he's a calming influence on the back end. He's a really good penalty killer. He's a big body that angles well, that moves the puck well for a big man. Like he's calming. He is a calming influence in the back end. And, you know, I hope that uh that it, it's not something serious that's not gonna um, take too did you long. see what happened? I didn't see what happened. I, I, I did not see it. I don't, uh, but we'll just put it this way. I, you, you just hope that uh, we well, can get him back, but I will say it. this it would though. be nice to know if, uh, if he's going to be available going forward, because that's a significant loss. And I don't want to start this conversation too soon, but there are other players around the league that we have talked about, about where, injuries early on in their career and do they kind of build up and what does that mean i mean austin matthews was another guy we discussed who signs these contracts and you're like he gets hurt a lot so this matthias samuelson i i just hope it's nothing serious because all these things because you have told me once you get hurt you're never 100 percent, and that begins to to pile up and this guy's just starting well, I, I I say that his career. I say that because when I played, fifty five games and played a last lot year, of and a lot of other players played back in my time. We would play, we would play hurt. Like we would not be anywhere close to one hundred percent. If you could play, you would play. And I think that the medical staff in today's game, because there is so much there are so many great players that you do not have to rush players back. Okay. And you want, you want to make sure that he's healthy when he comes back, you know, you can have Jacob Bryson, who's probably itching to get back into the lineup. And what I feel really comfortable with right now is that Matias Samuelson goes out. Okay. But this is where, this is where the interesting part comes in. We now have players like um, Connor Clifton and and Johnson that I feel that can jump up right away. Probably it's going to be Connor Clifton. We'll go and play with Rasmus Dahlin on the right-hand side and not look back. And I think that's important when you have that depth in your team to be able to put guys in the lineup where you're not going to miss a beat. I think that's important. I think the Sabres have that. All right, let's get to our conversation with JR. Uh, we also talk about, you know, the play at the end of the game, the six seconds, what happened, the breakdown, 
um, and a lot of other things. His perspective on the Skinner goal I thought was great. And the other thing I think was interesting was talking to him about the Steve Stamkos discussion and the lack of loyalty being shown in Tampa to a guy that's been there the entire time and helped them win two cups. You looking for a nice little getaway? Seneca Allegheny Resort and Casino. Natural beauty meets true luxury. Surrounded by the lush hills of the rolling Allegheny Mountains, incredible views are second only to the outstanding accommodations and service. Enjoy the AAA Four Diamond Resort, complete with luxurious rooms and amenities, expansive dining options, and of course, world-class gaming nestled in the foothills, just a short drive from the quaint village of Ellicottville. Go to SenecaAlleghenyCasino.com for more details. I was driving down the highway yesterday. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, my caution light goes on my dashboard, and it says tire pressure low. I just assumed it's been cold, weather's starting to change, maybe some air, you know, tires a little low. I got to put some air in it. Happens all the time. Yep. I get home, I change quickly. I'm on my way to my son's soccer game. I get on the highway, going on the ramp, it's raining, and I start to slide. Like my back tire is now starting to, like, I'm starting to slide out around on the back. And all of a sudden it starts going, boom, boom, boom. So I have a full blown flat tire. It's not like I have just air pressure out. My tire's done. So I pull over. I was just going to throw some air in it and just try to get to my son's soccer game. That's where I was headed. Luckily, I asked the guy at the garage. I said, is there an air pump anywhere? He looked at my tire and he said, you can't throw air in that. He said, if you throw air in that and start to drive with it, it will explode and you'll crash. So he says, do you have a spare? I said, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know. He opens my trunk, shuffles through all the shit in my trunk finds the spare says we'll put it on for you jacks my car up changes my spare charges me eight dollars and i go on my way i make it to the soccer game on time my point is had i filled it up with air blown a tire and gotten in a car crash i would have called selena law 800-555-5555 so now i'm driving around with a donut Car crash, Costalino. You look tired today. <laughs> it's, it's six o'clock. I always look tired to you guys in the morning. No, <laughs> you you make it sound like every day you get up at six and that's a routine and you should just be fresh. I do. I actually don't. I get up at five thirty every day. Craig, does he not seem just a tad bit fatigued this morning? Uh, I think he looks better than normal. Oh. Wow! There you go. <laughs> wow. The optimism. I love it. I so love this it. episode with JR brought to you by Whiskey in the Wild oh. and the No No Filter Podcast. Nofilter.net and Snipes and Stripes being Snipes the, and um, stripes. the new show, man. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. You guys have done what? Two of those now? Yeah, two so far. You know, we, both of them have been extremely well received and high up there on the podcast list and chart. So. We're happy. We're happy. I know what you guys go through every day, which I don't know how you guys do it. You guys are machines. It's unbelievable. Well, well it's it's easy because you have the whole league to talk about, and then you also can talk about one team specifically, right? Like, I mean, we have a large Sabres audience, too, that tune in to hear our thoughts, whether they agree or disagree. A lot of times people disagree with us on a lot of things, which is fine. But you know what I've learned, JR? I have learned that people have a hard time disagreeing without 
I guess, having any venom. Do you know what I mean? Like people get so offended so easily and things get taken out of context so easily. I find these days with all these opinions and social media. Yeah, they, well, they do. There's no question about it. (laughs) And again, um, you can say, you can say anything and it's going to be deciphered a million different ways. hundred percent. Um, I'm going to give you a perfect example and uh, I'm going to rip on, 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 on a reporter and I can't even, I won't, don't even know the reporter's last name. All I know is he goes by Aaron. Okay. So obviously this guy is, is a chicken shit because he only puts his first name and he's probably not very good. Secondly, because he only puts his first name and he doesn't want any accountability um, for so, stirring the pot. So to speak. What happened? So we're doing no filter. We're doing snipes and stripes the, uh, last week. And um, Peelzy, Tim Peel, who the guys don't, people don't know who Peelzy is. Tim Peel, ex NHL referee is telling the story of how things used to be as a referee. And, and I asked him, you know, are you guys looking for calls? Are you guys like looking to make calls on certain people or, or do you not make certain calls on, on, on like superstars or stuff like that? He's like, no, absolutely not. He says, but you know, if I call three or four calls in a team and I have one as a bad call, you know, I'm, I'm probably looking to the other team and I'll probably call a penalty on the other team that might be a little bit less, or I'm looking to even stuff up or, you know, make it a little bit more even Steven on calls and so on and so forth. Like we thought, you know, what guys, when we're on the benches and Riv, you know, just as well, I've heard you say it. Hey boys, let's be disciplined. The next penalties on us. They just took three, you know, they're the, looking, they're looking for us. They're going to be they're looking, looking for us. Coaches yep. would say that all the time. I mean, yep. if, if, you, if your team has is heavily weighed in the power play department, you know, the next time that a blade touches the, the glove of a player yep. accident or not, you're it's going to the box. Yeah. It's going to be a penalty. Yeah. So, you know, we say that we know that it's known. I mean, and, which, and people, which by the way, which I think is fucking complete bullshit, but I understand completely because yeah, of the but it's, optics. It's, it's again, it's, it's how I, it's how the games are. Yeah. And the, it's been like that for generations. And but now, there's a good chance that some of those other penalties that were lopsided could have been, eh, Sure. Might have been, t- you know, sure. so that's Absolutely. that's why so, the makeup you know, calls come. Yeah, so Peelzy admitted that you know he'll probably make a call that was, you know, that maybe not been a call, but he needed to make it up and so on and so forth, which is very understandable. This guy Aaron, and I, I'll find out who he works for. Um, doesn't get m- many readers, by the way, I'm sure, because he writes his article that says um, ex NFL re- uh, referee proves that. Uh, they fixed that they're fixing hockey games. That's that. That was the headline quote. NHL ref. You said NHL NHL ref admits to fixing hockey games. Like, are you that's, that's not, if that's, if that's not. And the reason why he did that is because people want to, he wants people to read his stuff. Yeah. That's clickbait for sure. That's clickbait for sure. And you know what? Yes, man. You know what the problem is? This is, and I'm going to tell you something. 
I used to throw a blanket statement out there and I was heavily criticized for it because a lot of media members are sensitive if they didn't play the game and you say, but you never played the game. And that like, well, that doesn't mean I don't know the game. And that's true. I know well, lots that's why, of people. By, by the way, that's why Greg Wazinski and I don't get along because he takes that so personally. Because I said it <laughs> yeah. to him. I said it to him and his head popped off and you know, well, and takes... I think, and there's a reason, there's a reason for that. It's because it's because I do know a lot of people that have never even strapped on skates that do know and understand hockey, but they don't understand the idiosyncrasies of the game. They don't understand the game within the game. They don't understand the psychological aspect of the game because that sometimes is more focused on than the game itself because those are the ins and outs of the sport so when 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 someone says fixing a game no it is known listen i was on the bench for a 9u game last week okay we had three power plays i said to the kids hey boys the next time someone falls this 9u i said the next time someone falls near you you're getting a penalty. So just be careful. They're like, why? I said, because we have three or four and they have none. I said, it's it's coming. We're going to, we're going to be shorthanded very soon. Be careful. Sure enough, two kids skate near the puck. They both fall. Arm goes up. We go to the box for tripping. It wasn't a penalty, but no one says anything because he just understand the the components of the game. So so I hope Aaron, if he's listening goes and writes an article about these nine U refs that are fixing hockey games. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's just, it's it's the, just, it's just do you, do you think that's right though? You know, I, I understand, I understand what he's, what he's talking about and what, you know, how he and all the refs kind of think like, listen, I mean, there's four penalties on the LA Kings and one of one, one of them was a little soft. I think we're going to kind of make it up. Like, or would you just rather them call the game properly? I think the league wants more more goals, and with more goals comes more penalties, or more penalties comes more goals. So there's there's something to be said about that. Um, mm-hmm. But no, nobody agree wants with to that see too because when when there are power plays, who's on the ice? Yeah, the best players. But um, yeah, I, I, I do agree with you. It, it could be because they have so many ticky tack rules in the game now, right? Touching the hand, slashing, yep. holding. Stick across the body, you know, puck out of the shit. yeah, puck out of the glass. I mean, there's so many things. These kids can't, they can't, you know, they can't breathe without, you know, probably getting a penalty. So, and I do think you have to pick and choose, but um, you know, the referees have a tough job. We we all know it, man. That's not easy. It's not easy to be a to be a straight job, man. Thankless yeah. job. I, yeah, thankless know. job. It's exactly right, Rivs. And you know, we got to cut them some slack, even though we yell and scream and blame them all the time. They, they, they do a good job. They do as good a job as they can with human error. And it's never going to be right because there's two teams and there's two sides of the fans out there. It's never going to be right. So, well, I also think, I do think though, that they should be given an opportunity to explain themselves. And this is where the conversation of referees being interviewed after games would be great. Now, gambling and craziness, probably these guys are assassinated outside of the rink eight minutes after some guy loses his wad on a chase bet, you know what I mean? Over mm-hmm. after the after the Monday night football game. But what I'm saying is, you know, why can't they answer throw to... them to the fire? That's what you want to do. Yes. Let's <laughs> yes. so ridiculous. It's... 
Um, you know, I asked PLZ that also, and you know, I don't think he he really knew gave a good answer for that. But he's just said, you know, the the NHL is going to protect their referees left, right, and center. So that's well. Hold on, okay. Let me we, ask. Well, you we this. talk out both sides of our mouth. We say that they have the toughest job. The game is <laughs> fast as all hell. And then the, you know, a call that they make that may, may not sit well with a fan base. We're going to put them in front of the fucking mic and you're going to answer. You're going to give me your opinion on exactly why you made that fucking call. No, you're not. No, you're not Petey. That's the stupidest goddamn thing I've ever heard. Fuck you. You know what? Uh, by the way, I, I haven't talked out of both sides of my mouth yet. You made the comment. I just didn't feel like getting it into, getting into it with you and say, it's not the hardest toughest job what do you mean call the fucking game watch the game follow the mm. puck have someone yeah. watch behind the play watch all the dirty shit there are two refs out there are yeah. you kidding me it, i wouldn't is... want it yeah. oh I my god it's I an would... easy job man easy job it's everybody a... can do it it's a really easy job and i think i'd have the best job at it because i probably see the game better than anybody else oh, right obviously of course you, you played it because you played it right yeah, so you can do it better than uh, what is it? Yeah, Wierenski sorry, Craig, or sorry, sorry, Craig nope. Wazinski. Sorry, yeah. Greg Wazinski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you yeah. played Greg it, you're, you're better than everybody else. Yeah. Listen, if you didn't play it, don't talk to me. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Greg Wazinski. Do you hear that, Greg Wazinski? If you didn't play it, you don't know. It's it. not just him. It's like the most sensitive subject, man. I used to drop that on everyone. Oh, you never, oh, you never played the game, and still do. You still do. You still <laughs> yeah, like literally. <laughs> Throw a big turd on all these media Listen, people that have not I've, played no. in the NHL, so they don't know shit. Well, so I will say this. Ridiculous. I will say that's this. Not, you know that's what? Not they true. don't. That's not they true. Don't know, Look at they him don't smiling. Know the mentality in the locker room. Hey, yeah. they don't know the mentality in the locker room. That's what I mean. Yeah. They don't. They don't know. They don't know the the ins and outs of of what we feel every single day when we go to the when we go to the rink after you know tough games, injuries. All that yeah. stuff. They I'm talking about like you want to listen. You want to analyze the game. What you but see. What level? That's JR, great. What level is hockey somewhat the same? Is would you would you say that you know a person that played junior hockey or D1 hockey understands hockey because they've been in a dressing room, they've dealt with injuries, they've dealt with yeah. um, ups and downs and all arounds. Like what is the level that Petey has to get to, to say that you can actually talk about hockey, American hockey league. That's it. If you're, if you didn't play in the American league or a European pro, your opinion doesn't mean shit to me. <laughs> just kidding. Just... No, you're not. No, you don't. Cause you say it all the time. Shut, shut the no, I no. It's a it's a great question, actually. I, I do think if you play, <laughs> look at this. <laughs> no, hey Jeremy. No, I want you to because we're not on video. I want you to tell everybody right now that this asshole is no, fucking laughing because no, 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 he's no. stirring the pot. That's not how I think. I'm not but stirring I, the pot, but I hear it all the time, and you disrespect these media members that basically have not played pro hockey and sat in a dressing room. When I just want to know, like, at what level can a media member? Let's just say play and then understand the game. Is it junior hockey? Is it? Oh, like... No, they don't have to play to understand the game. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not talking about that either. I'm talking about what JR just talked about being oh. in a dressing room, understanding injuries, understanding, you know, um, the ups and downs and all arounds of an inner dressing room. Because that's what you're saying. You're saying all the media members that have not played the game don't understand these things because they've never major been in major junior college. 
Major Junior. Okay, so we've gone back to Major Junior. Riv, I'm actually, I'm actually well, surprised that you're that you're supporting the the, the media like you are, and, and that's, that's no. We're talking, we're talking, Jr. We're talking about basically understanding the game of hockey. We're talking about understanding the game of hockey, so you you can use your your professional yeah, eye but there's, test. There's E-week. there's there are a lot of reasons in in games and and things that happen not so much on the ice or in a player's head that you can't understand if you haven't been in that situation. It's and I'm just, just asking what, what that level is. What the, What is the level well, I that think you, you have I, to I get think, to to be able to be in the circle of trust? I, I have your well, I think, circle. I, you know what? I think, it's, I think, it's, a, I think it's, a, it's a lot different when you have different variables that come into play as a, as a, as a player. <clears throat> if you're in college, you're not making any money. You're playing for a college, right? So you have different kinds of pressures as a as a college player, and you're playing in front of a, a good sized crowd that and sees how you play, and, and there's a, a certain amount of pressure. You get to the National Hockey League now. Well, you now so you're so does so does Nashville PD. Does that mean that they uh, they're a freaking uh, honky tonk little uh, what what, what? The they're playing band. in front of a band? <laughs> they're playing. I was in front just of adding. I was at, I well, you're like adding the- a lot of horse shit friggin' takes. That's all I'm saying. Oh, they're playing in front of a band, so then they're it's they're not relevant. Well, Nashville's such- playing in front of a band every night. I love the I love college hockey. Yeah, I, I was oh, just love adding the band. But the college hockey players don't really understand hockey because they're not being paid. No, because they play in front no. of a band. There you go. No, okay. I, I I would I would highly I would I would highly would say I would highly say to a person in the media that played college hockey. They understand. They yeah. understand. Hundred percent. Okay. Someone who I has just, not yeah. played, someone who's not played at a high level of hockey, like college or pro, mm-hmm. can't can't tell me, you know, what it's like to to have the pressure of a of a of a Stanley Cup playoff game after eighty two games of getting my ass kicked, uh, knowing that the media that the pressure that's on me in my head. The media, the pressure that's on me in my organization, the pressure that's on me by the fans. What's going through my head? What's going through my body? How my body feels at that situation? Media yes. person can't can't feel that or know. So that. do you feel? Do you feel that uh, a kid that plays junior hockey has those pressures of of having like? Do you think that Connor Bedard had pressure each and every game that he played in the Western Hockey League because he had to have the pressure of the fans? The pressure to produce. He That's had, a different. We're talking yeah, about not, a rare. He's not, he's not a media person. He doesn't work for the media. He doesn't work for the media. Not yet. I'm just saying. What are you yet. saying that he's? What are you saying that he's that it, that all this all this all this pressure is gonna is gonna he's gonna fold and he's gonna be done early and then he'll become a media person. I just want to add something about junior pressure. No one on. If you didn't now listen, you might have played in the NHL and if you played in college, but you don't understand pressure. Until you've experienced junior pressure, and and I think what I mean by that is, and this it gets very si- silent and deep here, is that <laughs> every junior hockey I can't wait to hear this. Can't wait. Every to hear junior this. hockey player has so much pressure on them. You know why? Because they have to work. It has to work. Hockey has to work for them. You know why? Cause they're all pulling out fifties in fucking high school. Just, just trying to make it to the show. <laughs> There's no focus on education. There's no real focus on anything. You're going to university 
you know, at least it's like, Hey, I got a college degree to fall back on here. Junior hockey. It's like, <laughs> if this doesn't work, where am I going? There's something to be said about that. I mean, I don't think that, that's, you know, what's that's crazy about this situation. That's not, that's not lapping. That's, that's real life truth, man. Like when that's, did you play in the NHL, JR? How old were you? 18? 18. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's, so that's so mind boggling to me. And, and it's interesting what you just said, Petey. And I know you're kind of a little bit joking, but you're not joking in the sense that, you know, when you're in junior hockey. No, I that mean, was me. Like, if I didn't make it, that was me. I was all in for hockey. Like, don't ask me to ha- hand in my homework. Not interested. Okay, we got a game tomorrow against Kingston. All right? <laughs> like, don't science test on Friday? Fuck. Sudbury's at what, in town. At what Do you know point who plays for time, Sudbury? At what point in time did you actually think that you would be making a living playing hockey? When, when did you, when did you figure that out, that that was going to be part of your life? Who are you asking? Both. Both. I mean, pretty much was my whole life, but you know, when you, when you get to be, I know it was your whole life. Everybody played hockey from the time they were, you know, when did you know, JR? When When did did you know know that you you were going to be playing hockey? You played in high school. In high school. How old was that? 14, 15. 14 years old. You were thinking about your life is you're going to be making a living playing hockey. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. That's ludicrous. Well, it's, it's because of the attention that myself and Tony Monty got in, 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 in high school. I mean, there were scouts for every college and every NHL team at, at every one of our high school games, every single one. And you know, you don't get that kind of attention and know that something special is happening and something could be very promising in a couple of years. Right. So barring injury. So that's when you start thinking about it for sure. Petey. Uh, started telling people when I was like 11, but I think I, I think I, I think I, uh, when I first thought I actually had a chance to make hockey, a profession nhl somewhere american league over in europe because europe was becoming bigger when i was getting into my teenage years later teenage years so that i could turn hockey into a a a life uh probably 16 17 16 Hmm. what about you ribs 40? No, listen, we didn't have social media. Um, I remember leaving, I remember leaving North Bay, my hometown, where I played all my youth hockey. I left when I was um, turning 16 years old. I really didn't even know why. I I didn't even ask questions. I just was so obedient that I just knew that I had to move away because I was better than... Um, the level that I would be playing back in my hometown. So I had to leave. And when I went away to Barry, at the end of that year, I got drafted to Kingston. And why I got, why I was going to Kingston in my mind was not one single solitary time in my entire life that I think that the NHL was even in my, in my sights. I never thought about playing in the NHL. I just thought I've got to go to Kingston because I've outgrown all the leagues that I couldn't play in. So I went to Kingston 
I had my first year, my second year, which I completely blew up. Um, I got drafted after my first year in Kingston. I still never thought about the NHL. I never thought about the NHL. I just thought about playing the game. I love the game, competing, this, that, and the other. I never really thought about hockey as a job for me until I signed my contract with Montreal. Oh my God. And that was, and that was when I was 19 years old at the end of that year. Um, and I lost out in the playoffs. They called me up. Montreal called me up to the minor league team. And that was the first time when things got serious, when I was just like, Holy shit. Like what, what just, what is going on here? That was the first time. And maybe I was super naive, but I didn't, I didn't hang off the internet because we didn't have the internet. I didn't hang off um, these thoughts of, of me playing in the NHL. I was just playing the game. That's That's it. It's insane. I left home at 15 and that was my, that was like that when I packed my bags, that was like, that was the mission was just to to play a game in the NHL at 15. I'm like, if I'm packing my shit to leave, my family. I was going to an unbelievable school. Mm. I had, I was making great friends at that point in my life. And I, 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 but I don't even know why the fuck I was leaving. That's the amazing thing. I have no idea why I was leaving. I never could have accomplished it. If I didn't, it was just, wasn't going to be a reality, uh, you know, playing hockey at Ridley and, um, a disastrous first year. I mean, disastrous without getting into any detail, uh, you know, for me to say that for a 15 year old kid, but went back at it again the next year, had a good year, got drafted in the second round of the OHL, had a good rookie year in the OHL, got drafted in the second round of the NHL. And here we are doing a podcast. Fucking Jeremy Roenick. Holy fuck. Guy was playing Sega with me in junior hockey. I'd be playing Sega. No, you weren't with playing with them. You were playing with him, yeah, with him, using him. <laughs> Jr. I can't fucking believe. I, honestly, I could give a flying fuck what you did in your career. Honestly, you were so good in Sega. It was unfucking. Well, we had the Jeremy. We had a Jeremy Roenick, like rule, rule. You couldn't. No you couldn't use Chicago because there was a glitch in the fucking game, man. Come you're not that the, good, Jr. Come you're a good hockey player. You're not that. You're not that good, buddy. They call me glitch, man. Call me glitch. That's what they do. Come That's fun. around. Yep. And, and how about the other guy from Winnipeg? Never even heard of him. Uh, Borsato. Jim, Jim. Oh, Borsato. Borsato. Yeah. Right hand and shot. Never even heard of the guy. Couldn't knock him off the puck. He was unbelievable. Um, <laughs> That's his come around. Come Richard around the top Smellick of the circle. Buffalo, come around the neighbor. spin around my top shelf. Boom. See you. Oh, yeah, you man. come around the top of the circle. What a game. Also, slap God, shot from the top of the circle between where the top of the circle is and the hash marks. Just at the turn, you come around, slap shot always went in. It was a, it was a guarantee. Guarantee. Or Al McKinnis from the point. Still my still my claim to fame. All right, let's get into some hockey so talk co- here. Correct me. Just make. Just, I'm pretty. Sure, I know we've talked about this, but I'm memory is always foggy. In the movie Swingers, he used Jeremy Roenick to knock out Gretzky. Did he not? Correct. Yes. <laughs> Make Gretzky's head bleed. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, I would never do it in real. I would never do it in real life, though, but it's good in the movie. Oh, my God. Have you and Gretzky ever talked about that? No. Have, actually, you, ever said, have you ever said to him, hey, can you believe that Vince Vaughn made your fucking head bleed with me in Sega Genesis? You know, it's kind of funny. I, I never did. 
I had so many opportunities to. I'm going to make sure that I do that in the future, though. Next time I see him, I'm going to ask Yeah, him. but preface it with this, eh? So I was on after the whistle, and Peters asked me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That sounds. I would great. hate for you to. I would hate for you to have such a great idea. No hey, one your fans the are, proper your, credit. Your, fan, your fans are finally happy that you guys got on the board last night. Whew, that was. T- oh, you want to talk some sabers, do you? Yeah. Why not? Oh, Jr. wants to talk a little sabers this morning. Someone's got to steer the ship since you're uh, on uh, fucking cloud nine this morning. You know, it feels it like a good hockey game. It was, it was, it was a good hockey game last night. Twenty minutes. It was a good hockey game last night. I mean, they battled. They had the battle. Those first two games were tough to watch. It was, it was so, a gutsy game, man. It was a gutsy game. And again, you know, losing the first two games is is bad. You lose three, it starts getting a little scary off the start, right? One and two is a whole different ball game than zero and three, right? So, I mean, that's that's scary. How about Skinner roofing that puck from the side of the nice. net? Are you kidding me? How Beauty. fast was that? Well, it, it was his, it was his the pickup of the puck, and especially from that re, the replay from behind him, that puck was coming with some heat, and yeah, it, it was snapped pretty hard. And it, it was up top of the net within a split second. That was a really talented player right there. You really impressed me with that game last night. If you lock it down at two one, not have to take it to overtime and win it. You know what I mean? Does that yep. make sense, Jeremy? I mean, sure. like when you're looking. When you're looking for a team to take strides forward, isn't it shut that game down and not? Yeah, it's, to- it's it's double edged sword, right? You you want to lock it down, and that shows good growth and good maturity and and poise and not choking. But then you did tie it up. You could have gone, but then again, then you rebound and and score a big goal, and that's great for your energy. It's great for your mojo. But yeah, you would like well, to see it end. At if you look at if you look at what happened on 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 Tampa Bay's first goal, guy behind the net has the puck. We have two defend. We have a forward and a, a, a defenseman behind the net. You have um, Connor Clifton, who's holding the strong side post. The puck goes past Connor Clifton, who's holding this. So there's three guys basically looking at the puck, and it gets to a guy Hagel behind him. Why is that not picked up? Why are the two wingers? allowing even a shot from there they need to collapse they need to be better you have to identify where is the danger guy are the guys standing at the point are they dangerous they're not dangerous haggle's the one who's dangerous you need to pick up guys that are in their danger area and he's sitting right there in the slot and he was not picked up it was a quick one-timer boom top shelf and the game is now what two to one i thought the sabers Sat back. I thought they had an awesome first period. Then it seemed like they got into some penalty trouble. And then it it was almost like Tampa Bay got some momentum and just kept on pushing and pushing and pushing. But to have a goal scored with what? Seven seconds left in the game. I'm just, I'm sitting there going, don't, don't do it to these guys. Don't do it. Man, do these guys need this win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, could yeah. you imagine? I'm, I'm sitting there saying, oh, man, it's this is the season's about ready to get destroyed right now. Right now. If they lose this game in overtime, it's this is just a, a demoralizing mental early in the season. Um, just 
it's hard to have hard to rebound right away. Thought Levi was awesome. I think we already said that though. Uh, what were you just about to say, Jeremy? About to say I was going to ask who's who's Buffalo got next because that becomes very important too. Calgary tomorrow night. Yeah, I think it's either Cal- I think it's Calgary. Yeah, it's Calgary. Calgary coming in into into Buff, so yeah. at least they're home again. Yeah, Calgary looks pretty good this year. I mean, they're they're playing some good hockey. I think that you know, there's a couple teams like in watching games. You know, Chicago going into Toronto and giving them a a beating when Bedard got no points, and they still beat them. You always say that about Toronto, too, though. They never show up. Their egos get the better of them. I mean. How does that always happen? How does that always happen in Toronto? They have three You would think that in Toronto, you would think those star players would take it personal. that they Fine, Bedard didn't get on the scoreboard, but you would want to take it personal to the fact that he and the Chicago Black Cox were the worst team in the league last year, which is why they got, or one of them, which is why they ended up with Bedard in the first place, should not be losing to a team with $40 million spread out amongst four players. It's pretty crazy, man. It really is pretty crazy. But that goes, did, you, did you watch that game, JR? I didn't. I, I watched it, I watched it, you know, as the score went, but it, I, I didn't have it on television, no. I can't wait to see what Toronto does with uh, Alex uh, William Nylander. I cannot wait to see because right now um, he's got he's got this year left on his deal, and then he's an unrestricted free agent. He's unrestricted, unrestricted. Oh wow! He to me was without question the best player on the ice. I was sitting there watching the game with my older son, and we were just like looking at each other going, holy jumping. He is really? he is so dynamic with the puck that it's just like I didn't even I didn't even know Mitch Marner played. Austin Matthews actually he looks like he's he's possessed. He looks like he wants to get things done and he's working his butt off too. Mitch Marner looked like he was like still on vacation. No shit. Yeah. And I, 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 they're in that situation that they have to pay this guy, but how do you pay him? You cannot pay him when you have a 13 and a half million dollar guy, you have an $11 million Mitch Marner. You got an $11 million John Tavares, and now you've got to pay a long-term contract to William Nylander. Yeah. I don't see I don't it. know I how don't they're going to do I, it. I don't see him being there because I don't think Nylander even wants to be, be behind Marner and, and Matthews in terms of the, you know, the, 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 the status quo, right. The stature list. And he's even yeah. behind, he's even behind John Tavares when granted he was Nylander was the best player on the team in the playoffs last year by a country mile. By a country mile. He's the only one that really produced game in, game out on that team. And now he's doing it again this year, I think. I, I agree with you. I, but I don't think he's going to be there. I don't think he's going to be there next like, year. What do you think? Like, listen, John Tavares has played very well for, you know, the start of this season. And he's still a great hockey player. Yep. And at the age of 33, he's older, but not considered like a dinosaur like he's not over over the hill but his 11 million dollar contract is is crippling to this team that has a 13.25 you know Mitch Marner makes 10.9 and now they have to sign a William Nylander who's making 6.9 
And you have, he wants, he wants uh, $10 million and he's worth $10 million. Scored 40 goals last year and 80, 80 plus points. I know where he's going to go. Where? He's going to end up in Tampa Bay. Stamkos will be gone. That money will become free. And in comes Bill Nylander. Stamkos will come to Toronto. How about what's going on with Stamkos right now? Do you do you agree with what they're doing? Like everyone's making a stink about this. Yes, he deserves some respect of a conversation. But I mean, if they say we're going, why wouldn't they wait and see what he can do at this age? They've done everything they can. It really comes down to where does it like Hedman's getting older, Stamkos is getting older, Kucherov is getting older. You know, a lot of these guys are are getting older. So is that dynasty? ish type team still it's there it's on the decline i mean you give up plot you give up Kalorn, you give up some of these other guys that that they've given up over the last couple of years their their core of their team the guys that like the the heart and soul bread and butter guys right are starting to disappear and when those guys disappear and you have your talented guys your stars getting older the, the that doesn't that doesn't bode for an upward upward you know march it's a it's a decline and i think for sure i mean should tampa sit there and and pay stamkos you know 10 million again at his age 9 million at his age coming up so what do you think they're doing jr what do you think tampa bay's thought because they have uh nikita kucherov is 30 years old i think he's still in his prime I think Braden Point at 27 is in a, in his prime. Come I on. think Anthony Sorelli is in his prime at 26. Tanner Janot, who they gave up a lot for, is 26 years old. Nick Paul yep. is 28 years old. They Brandon Hagel just signed a long-term deal, $6.5 million. Yep. He's in his prime. He's 26 yep. years old. They still have a lot of players in their prime. Yep. <clears throat> and how old is Stamkos now? 35? 33. 33. He'll be, 30, he'll be 34 on February 7th. Okay. <clears throat> well, he's like right in that age, right? So what are they right doing? In... What's what's the philosophy behind this? Well, number one, what what's when you think of Stamkos, okay, not not so much his goal scoring, right? He's he's been rather brittle over the last few years, is he not? Injury injury wise. Played 81 last year, 81 the year before, 38, really? 38 the year before that, 57 was the COVID year, 82, 72, 72 78. Okay so, okay, so okay, so he is playing. He is playing. He did have um, a bunch. There were a string of years where he had, I think, the broken leg at the Olympics or something, and then he had like a blood clot or something too, maybe. Yeah. Yep. Early on. Yeah, in his I, early I think, on. Yeah. You know, I think he's at that. I think he's at that age where a team is looking to see if he can keep that pace up if to yes. see if how, how many years can, can he do it for two more years? Can he do it for three more? And they're going to have to evaluate that after a longer season to see where he's at. Um, if he's still going strong at the end of the season, I can see Tampa saying, okay, he's still, he's still, we still can take okay, a but is it as guy. is it as disrespectful as everyone's making it out to be? There's a massive stink. Like, oh, Stamkos deserves more respect. I get it. I know who Stamkos is, and I love Stephen Stamkos. Yep. I want to make that clear. And he does deserve respect in this negotiation. But I don't think he deserves necessarily a contract just because he wants one. Huh. 
Well, they have to make a business decision, but you know, as you know, as well as I do as a player, I mean, I would be, I would be thinking the same way as Stamkos right now. Listen, I've given my damn right, man. The guy took a goddamn, the only reason they won a two Stanley cups is because of him. You want to know why? Because he took a lot less. I remember back, Peter, you remember this. Buffalo Sabres were in on Steve Stamkos. Well, they weren't they in were- on it. Tim Tim Murray was walking around town at three, four in the morning, telling everyone, "I'm gonna all twenty percent Stamkos. I'm gonna twenty percent Stamkos." Eleven million dollars, upwards or, of eleven oh, million dollars. More than that, it was like fourteen. Yeah, no, it was eleven. So, so it was think, eleven you know, million I think, bucks. I think Stamkos deserves it, man. I damn right. I think he does, and I think he. I think he's in the right. He I think he's in the right mentality. Year, what? He had 84 points, 34 goals, and 81 games. The guys, year before Julian, that, he had guys, 106 guys, points. Julian Brisebois does not want to have to finish in last place. He wants to try to rebuild while he still has some salvageable, very good pieces. And I'm not yeah, saying but he Stamco also, isn't but he also that. Has to sell, but he also has to sell tickets. He has to keep his fans happy. And Steven Samkos is one of the most popular, if not the most popular, Who lightning. makes that team better next year? Stamkos or Nylander? We well, have one of them. Well, Nylander probably, but he's not no because there's many, a whole bunch of intangibles that go along with Steve many, Stamkos. He's not going to sell as many tickets as 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 Stamkos is. He's not going to have as many jerseys in the stands as Stamkos is. Yeah, but correct, so, there isn't only one Stamkos in the world. Like I like granted, you know, like like who knows what kind of a captain Braden Point could be, or some of these other young guys. I mean. You know, we're we're not talking about an anomaly of a of a of a captain here. We're talking about a yeah, phenomenal you, leader. Yeah, but don't you uh, don't you think that there are some players in this game that that deserve to stay with the with the one team? Oh yes, yes I do. But here's the thing though: this is the this is the element of it where it gets tricky. I think that was doable back way back when, because there was no salary cap. But Stephen Stamkos is now going to still garner. A good amount of money. I mean, he has two goals and two assists in two games this year. So I mean, and he had a great season last what's year. What's he so worth? What what hold what's on a, a second? 34-year-old Steve Stamko worth. It comes down to business, JR. So so in reality, you can't sign Stamkos based off what he did last year now because you're gonna be paying him eight again. So you have to wait and see what he's worth and then so, have a discussion. So what if he there's, scores- there's different things now because because we're you guys are talking about signing guys now young because of their potential, not because of what they've done. Now we got a guy who has been an unbelievable guy who has put up major points, major shit, Stanley Cups, leader, oh, classic leader, and he's still so performing. on and so forth. Like this is a guy that needs to be thanked and appreciated, and also the. They reimbursed. are going to thank him. They're going to put a statue out front. That's a thank you. How many cups has he won? Two? Two, right? He wasn't there for the other one, right? Two finals that he lost, right? I mean, he's the, the guy. Let, let me know if you could ever see this in today's, in, in today's NHL. Steve Stamkos feels disrespected. He's played over a thousand games for a team. He's helped them win two Stanley Cups. He has been a massive part of of selling tickets in that market, which is a shitty market. 
He's by far the most popular player there, by far. Okay, so let me ask you this. Steve Stamkos feels disrespected even at the end of the year from Brisebois. And then all of a sudden, after July 1st, we see Stamkos sign on July 1st with the Florida Panthers. Could you see that happen? He just said to me yesterday, I said, I want a storyline with Pat Kane signing in, in Buffalo. He's like, I don't want a storyline. That's just a storyline. He's not signing in. What? They No, he won't what? do that. He won't, he do, won't that. do that. The do problem is here, Julian Breezebois. What's happening here is no, Julian do, he'll, 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 no, what is he'll taking do, advantage of Stamkos' what, what, what loyalty. He will do, what he will do is he'll sign in Toronto for less money. That's Ouch. what he'll do. I or, think Col- he or Colorado. No, he'll, he'll stay sign in Tampa. for one of those big boy teams and just go win another Stanley Cup. No, they're, what they're going to do is they're just going to let him play out this year. Say he even gets, I'll give him 85 points. Say he's healthy for the rest of the year. But 85 points, and they sit down with him at the end of the year and they talk about legacy versus, you know, his next contract, right? Wasn't that I the mean, last conversation? He's still making wasn't that the last conver- million in fucking Tampa. Like you're asking, he's, you're talking like he gave making, down. He's making million. millions and millions of dollars less than what he should. Well, yes. He was the number one UFA unrestricted free agent at the time. They sat down with him and they had the conversation about legacy and winning. And what did he do? He signed he Making millions less, millions and millions less. Yeah. Like we're talking, yeah. we're talking major $25 million. He probably left on the table. And now all of a sudden, once he, once he does what the team had asked him to do, and he's coming off two incredible seasons, one, both seasons, he played 81 games. Now all of a sudden he's asking, saying, Hey, uh, are you guys not going to extend me? I'm only 33 years old. I could play till I'm 38, 39. He'll be, he'll be 34, and they're going to want to see if he can finish the season healthy. That's it. There's nothing wrong. I don't mind what Julian Breezeball is doing. I see what you guys are doing. Games changed. It's too much of a business these days. Let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. If he does, If he doesn't get signed and he feels that, is he signing? is he signing in a team for his – where he wants to play and maybe, or is he trying to win another Stanley cup? Cause I, he doesn't need the money. Let's, let's all be, I mean, granted, if you really look down at the guys, he's, he's done for life. He doesn't, he, he has enough money. Left. And he's a hall of famer. Let's just make that clear. First he's, ballot. Yeah. First ballot. He's hall a hall of famer already. No, he's a first ballot hall of famer. Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. So does he go someplace like Toronto where he grew up idolizing and wanting to play in and, or does he go to a team like you said in Colorado to try to win another cup? Where, where's what do you think his mentality is? Does he go to Florida just go up to Edmonton? the friggin' does he highway? Go to Edmonton, play with, with Barkov, McDavid? Kachuk, Sam Reinhart, Versteeg, uh, Barkov. you know, Bar- Barkov, uh, Barkov Br- go to LA, uh, Bennett, go play in LA, go in Anaheim, go to Anaheim, go to San Jose. You guys played in San Jose. Great place. I, I tell you, the best place, the best place, the best place to play is Las Vegas. Okay, go to go to Arizona. 
Yeah, you could be He's in not going to go to Arizona because they're not winning anytime soon. It's not even that. They're playing in a 5,000-seat arena. That's like being in a minor league team. <laughs> you know, everyone knocks the size of the rink. But if that rink is packed and it's loud, it's not sounds like you, it sounds like you're talking about something else, Petey. Oh my yeah, god, I, that that conversation. I believe that is what they refer to as an innuendo. <laughs> and on that note, see you, Jr. Love you guys. <laughs>